are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. On this program, we have been examining and investigating the relationship between the human brain and computers and AI. And it's something that I've been researching really since uh, being a young boy and, and being interested in science fiction novels. And in many of these science fiction novels, like Isaac Asimov's novels, one in particular, it was the Foundation series. And uh, the Foundation series has recently been made into an episodic television series. And that book gripped me as a kid, just gripped me, because Asimov created an entire world, including what he called the laws of robotics, so that computers uh, were programmed internally, but they had to obey certain fundamental rules. So the laws of robotics were like the Ten Commandments, except they were designed for computers. And one of the laws of robotics was that a robot could not harm a human being, except in in very justified situations. But basically, it would be against the programming of the robot to kill a human being. So he pushed Isaac Asimov pushed the boundaries in your mind about what was going to come in the future. So here we are in the future. The stuff I read about as a kid uh, has come into our world in the last number of decades. Elon Musk, among many others, Elon Musk, the super billionaire. Right now, uh, many uh, financial publications call Elon Musk the wealthiest man, the richest man in the world. I am certain there are people that are far richer than Elon Musk, but you'll never find out about that because the big, big wealth of the super trillionaires is completely hidden. But still, Elon Musk is incredibly wealthy, and he is full speed ahead in developing a new company, new technology, where he is planning for a computerized interface between um, human beings or people and computers. So this is being experimented on right now, even as we talk. It's being tested right now, even as we talk. In fact, uh, the FDA, the the Food and Drug Administration, uh, has already approved this kind of technology for human trials. So this this is not a, a theoretical game. This is something, an advanced technology, that has already been approved of by the FDA, and they want to conduct uh, trials on human beings with this new technology. Now, the name of this technology, and many of you have probably heard of it, Elon Musk's company and the technology is known as Neuralink. And Neuralink is a wireless technology about the size of a quarter uh, with the thickness of of a human skull. And um, your thoughts, uh, your ideas, etc., can be transmitted on a wireless basis to uh, a computer or to AI, artificial intelligence. And so this is cutting-edge technology. Now, the other thing is that people are concerned that this technology could be used in a very negative, dark, and evil way. And this, uh, although this is not the intention of Elon Musk, but somebody could easily steer Neuralink into this kind of capacity. And Neuralink could potentially be used for personality-altering weapons. Now, that means if you had this Neuralink uh, inside of you, the Neuralink could be programmed uh, remote control programming, wireless programming, to alter people's very core personalities, what makes them individuals. So this could be, this technology could be personality-altering weapons. You could uh, modify somebody's personality, and you could make somebody who was normally peaceful and loving and kind and compassionate and you could turn them into uh, an assassin or a Manchurian candidate. 
Now, many people will say, well, that's really far-fetched. I don't believe it. Well, that's fine that you don't believe it, but you better have some facts and research to document your assertion. Because, after all, it was in 1948, uh, during Operation Paperclip, where the U.S. government secretly smuggled into the United States over 15,000, somewhere between 10,000 and 15,000 Nazi rocket scientists, Nazi mind control scientists, and Nazi uh, genetic scientists. And one of the, the programs that these Nazi scientists developed, and I've written about it in my books like A Prophecy of the Future of America, uh, one of the programs they developed was called Operation, excuse me, under Operation Paperclip, the MK Ultra program was created. And the MKUltra used a formula uh, that I expose in my books called pain, drugs, and hypnosis. And pain, drugs, and hypnosis were the basic uh, core formula for radically transforming somebody into like a killer, a Manchurian candidate, or some kind of bizarre, uh, aberrant human behavior. And they would do that by subjecting young children. And they, they did that, and they continue to do it today. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be Nazis with swastikas uh, on their uniforms. But people who, who embrace that Nazi scientist satanic mentality, and by subjecting young children to extreme shock and pain and horror, and then uh, giving them powerful drugs like LSD, and then utilizing uh, mind programming techniques like hypnosis, you have the formula pain, drugs, and hypnosis. And when you combine this, you, you had the power, and you still have the power, to radically alter somebody's personality and radically alter them uh, by making them killers, sex slaves, assassins, or, or whatever monstrous thing you want to create. So that scientific formula has already been created. Now, all Musk is doing, and I'm not saying this is Musk's intention, but all Musk is doing is he is developing wireless technology in the form of a neuralink, which when it's placed in the human brain or arm or wherever, you can, you have the capacity to, for example, uh, somebody who is crippled um, and cannot walk. Well, you could liberate, you could do good things. You could liberate them, and with their thoughts, they could control a computer, a special computer which could control artificial limbs, robotic limbs, uh, robotic uh, wheelchairs. And so you, you all of a sudden give somebody who's paralyzed, you return uh, for them the freedom of mobility by using this Neuralink technology. So that's, that's a good thing. And then, on the negative side, you could use Neuralink as a personality-altering weapon. You could take somebody from a distance, and through specific electromagnetic frequencies, you could literally alter the personality of somebody. You could enhance the ability of a soldier on the battlefield. You could create a super soldier. You could, like I said, you could create an assassin. You could create somebody... Who's, who is happy and willing and will never complain to work on an assembly line in a factory 12 hours a day without any complaints. You, you, you simply hijack their, their minds, you hijack their personalities, and what would normally cause somebody to rebel or escape, you could program somebody with Neuralink-like technology to work on an assembly line again, for like 12 hours a day with no complaints whatsoever. So this is, this is technology of the future, which is being tested now. And um, it, is, it is being developed and perfected even as we speak. So, for example, and the United Nations, I'm not usually a big fan of the UN, but the UN did issue very recently, the United Nations issued a public warning that warned that brain chips like Elon Musk's Neuralink uh, could be used as personality-altering weapons. Now, here's the UN. 
uh, which is all behind the, the Great Reset, etc. But they issued a public warning about these uh, microchip implants and how they could be used as personality-altering weapons. So this is very real. Uh, Musk uh, gave a speech where he demonstrated one of the first real-world applications for his Neuralink chip, which could restore vision in people who have lost their eyesight or even restore motor function in people suffering from paralysis. Although um, uh, people have objected to it, the, the point is this is right around the corner in the future. So that means, and this is a good thing, that means people that are blind uh, through a chip can have their eyesight or vision restored. People who are paralyzed can have their motor functions uh, restored with this technology. So in addition, uh, somebody who is paralyzed uh, would could be liberated through a Neuralink technology. A paralyzed person could interface with a computer by being able to type and move a mouse cursor merely through generating brain signals. And this is the whole new technology that I've been talking to you about for quite some time now, and that is the technology of microchip, nanochip implants, <clears throat> and their potential to generate uh, brain signals or electromagnetic frequencies, which can control computers, artificial intelligence, and all kinds of things on a, on a wireless technology basis. Um, that the company Neuralink uh, demonstrated a surgical robot that it claims is capable of safely implanting uh, a Neuralink chip into a human by precisely inserting electrode, th electrode threads into a person's brain while avoiding critical blood vessels. So, so that means while a person is up and, and conscious, <clears throat> a surgery, a, a surgical robot, a surgeon, an actual android or robot could be the surgeon or the functioning surgeon to uh, embed a Neuralink chip and implant it in a human being. So that's like double futuristic. So this, this is the future. And if you go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, you'll notice that I have uh, a number of my books on discount, and I incrementally, in my books, talk about all these technologies. So, for example, in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, uh, in my book, Are You Ready? A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2, um, The Day the Dollar Died, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, um, Power from on High, and in other books you'll see there, I deal, I do a deep dive and deep research into uh, all these areas because I've been uh, researching this, again, beginning in childhood when I was an avid reader of science fiction novels, because in these science fiction novels, <clears throat> the, in the golden age of science fiction, which was, was happening when I was a kid, you could read these, these novelists like Isaac Asimov, Robert Heinlein, many others, <clears throat> who envisioned these kinds of technologies and, and the role they would play uh, in the future. And the battle, the battle between AI, uh, artificial intelligence, Robots, computers, and mankind, men and women. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Check out the, the big discounts right now I have for you at paulmcguire.us. And on most of the products, we pay for the shipping. I mean, you're getting an incredible uh, value uh, because, again, our goal is to raise the, the level of awareness in people and give you the, the intellectual ammunition in a non-boring, fast-paced way uh, that, that is interesting, that will engage your mind and will download into your mind the, the, the powerful truths you need to be able to understand with the snap of your fingers. And then that, when you're discussing stuff with people or you're talking about the Lord or whatever, you know, you're loaded for bear. 
uh, people aren't going to mess with you. When, you know, when people attempt to pick on me, uh, because I don't go around advertising what I do for a living. I don't go around advertising what I know and stuff like that. So I get attacked and picked on just like you do. And, you know, people, some people, a lot of people are bullies, especially bullies who don't know what they're talking about. They're completely clueless, but they're bullies because they bluff. They act as if they know what they're talking about. But essentially, they're clueless. And they'll try to push you around when it comes to a topic like vaccinations or artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and stuff like that. And, and all they will do is repeat something they read or heard somewhere. And then they try to intimidate. But if, if you're loaded for bear, if you've got your intellectual and spiritual ammunition, and somebody's trying to push you around or make fun of you, and that, you know, we're not just talking about protecting your ego. We're talking about you gaining the knowledge and the power you need to be able to give a ready defense for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when somebody tries to push you around, if you're talking somewhere, and if you're not equipped, you're going to be humiliated, made fun of, and you will be uh, shamed in front of other people, which will all serve to discredit the integrity and truthfulness of the Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you have bothered to absorb wisdom and knowledge, then people push you and they, they, they immediately know, uh, for lack of a better uh, analogy, they, they push you, but they immediately know you've been working out because your, your muscles are conditioned, your brain is conditioned. So when they try to push you around and discredit the gospel and the Bible, it fails, it blows up in their face, and they end up looking like idiots. Now, again, that's not our, our purpose and intention is not to make people like, look like idiots, but our intention and purpose is to effectively, strategically win people to Christ and establish in, in the eyes and the ears of people listening in on these conversations, we, we win people to Christ when we ourselves are credible, when, when it's obvious to the people listening that we really know what we're talking about. And that doesn't have to be a boring, dry uh, project. I hate boredom, by the way. I have a pathological dislike for two things, or many things, but two primary things. I have a pathological dislike of pain and a pathological dislike of uh, boredom. You know, I, I'm obviously, I'm being tongue-in-cheek here, but there's, it's mixed with some truth. I don't want to be bored. so. When I write books and I research, I, I deliberately cherry-pick the truth, but I try to shape it and put it in sentences that engage people, that grip people, that, that inspire people, that, that fire people up. So, so that way they're equipped in the real world. I don't write dry—I could. I could be very dry. I could be very overly intellectual, and I could be very— uh, unnecessarily scholarly uh, and speak in, in, you know, uh, theological tones. But I don't. I I speak in everyday language because I want to grip people. And so I pass that research on to you in the form of my books, and they're powerful. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've run into or communicated with in the last number of decades who have followed me and read my books and heard me speak for decades. And they, many of them always say similar things. They say, you warned us about all the things that are happening now, Paul. You specifically warned us about, you warned us that this was going to come. Everything from EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, and 5G, artificial intelligence, robotics, the hive mind, the world brain. I could go on and on and on. I've been researching for 40 years and more. So I want to pass that on to you. So I've discounted the books in a big way. Uh, I'm paying for the shipping, and you need to go to paulmcguire.us and get your hands on the books, and and as the Lord leads you, make a donation so that we can continue to win the war uh, for the hearts and minds of men and women in America and across the world. And so when you read The Greatest Battle, I promise you, you will be weaponized in in a law-abiding, peaceful, 
spiritual warfare sense of the word. You won't be one of these, you know, there's a commercial about, it's, it's like a, I don't know, it's a biscuit. And, and the, the biscuit rises and the biscuit has a personality. And then in the, the TV commercial, somebody pokes the, the biscuit guy in the stomach and uh, he giggles. Well, that's how most Christians act when they're pressured to give an answer for the gospel. They, they laugh nervously and they fumble the ball. But you read the greatest battle, you will be loaded for bear. You will be armed and dangerous on a spiritual level. And when your children and, and friends and associates in, in conversations, etc., you will be a, a force to contend with, not some pushover who, who, who can't defend their faith in Christ. And that, this is a burden that I have, because I believe there are millions of people in America alone who, in fact, I, I would, would say to you from my own personal experience, the vast majority of people I meet, or the vast majority of people the Lord has me interact with, um, a huge percentage of them were ran into a Christian somewhere, or a ministry somewhere, or a church somewhere, and they were totally turned off. They were to they were totally disgusted. They were totally alienated, <clears throat> and so they rejected Christianity because of, of what they experienced about Christianity. I know what that's like. Many of you know what that's what that's like. That's not the way it should be. The greatest battle, for example, is a fast read. But you will know more than your college professors. You will know more than 90%, 95% of the people you meet after reading that book, because it's a very fast download of the history of the world, the highlights, and then where we're going, how what happened in the past affects today. So the greatest battle, and then books like uh, power from on high deals with all this stuff, and then conquering the matrix exposes the connection between computers, cybernetic, scientific mind control, artificial intelligence, and uh, mind control, and and the synthetic alteration of personalities, and how you can overcome 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 that overcome that. Not, you know, think about it. There are people in this world, and I I talk about it, and I write about it in the books that you'll see. At PaulMcGuire.us, I expose powerful organizations uh, which are devoted to reprogramming the minds of people in America, the European Union, and the rest of the world. I, I give you the names of these institutions and organizations. I give you their strategies for mind control and personality control, and I expose what their agenda is because these are the same people. This is the same money. Uh, that is behind the Great Reset. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Okay, so we, we want to look at these trends or these dynamics that are happening in our world. The, the key thing to understand is that uh, beginning in the 1800s, we had the march towards uh, Science, scientism, science as, as a religion, transhumanism with uh, uh, Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley, the Huxley brothers. And these people represented the global elite, the people that really run the world. And they became very sophisticated. And so um, in the early 1900s, there was a term called cybernetics. And it had to do with computer programming. And there was the emergence of uh, the first series of computers. And so beginning at that time, the early 1900s, the advent of computers began to accelerate. Um, IBM, uh, International Business Machine Corporation, they actually developed the first computer printout cards that were used by Adolf Hitler and the Nazis to keep track of uh, the prisoners in the concentration camps and to keep track of the, of the population. Now, many of you probably are not familiar with computer printout cards because you belong to uh, a generation, uh, newer generations, and if you're, in, if you're among the newer generations of people, 
um, the computer printout card has been obsolete for a long time. So many of you won't even know what a computer printout card is. For those of you that were around when computer printout cards were around, like I was and many of you were, uh, you were exposed to them in the school system, uh, job applications, all kinds of things. And for those of you that have never seen a computer printout card, really all it was was a, a thicker than a piece of paper, maybe three times as thick as a piece of paper or four times as thick. So it was a card, and the card had punched out rectangles, and you would use a pencil or whatever or a pen, and you would choose the specific rectangles uh, that represented either letters or represented answers or whatever. And so all kinds of information could be obtained from an individual who penciled in the rectangles on the computer cards. And then you would pass through large stacks of these things with a machine, and you could keep the, the very earliest form of computerized records, whether they were you know, religious beliefs, age, uh, dates of vaccinations, answers to tests. They were used in, in standardized tests of education. And uh, in the 1940s, they were uh, IBM uh, made some kind of transaction with the Nazis in Nazi Germany, and these computer printout cards were used to keep track, uh, again, of the Nazi concentration camp, the people that were sent to the Nazi concentration camps. And they began to try to uh, use, back then it was called automation. Automation was like a, a synonym for uh, doing everything by computer. If, if something became automated, that came from the word uh, automated, which meant automatic. And automatic had to do with, instead of a human being doing the processing or a human being doing the work, it was all automatic because you had computers or machines processing information. So that term uh, became automation, or a factory was automated. So, for example, Henry Ford, his his big thing was not so much the invention of a particular kind of uh, automobile, but Henry Ford's big thing was that he manufactured his automobiles and he created what was, or not created, he perfected what was called assembly line production, where, where you would have people lined up on both sides of a, 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 an assembly line. And, you know, one person's job would be to attach a hubcap to the tire. And that's what they would do all day long. Whereas, like the Italian uh, automobile uh, manufacturers and other uh, manufacturers didn't use this assembly line technique. They had an individual or a team of individuals putting together uh, a car. So it was a, there was, it was a different uh, type of production. Now, the, the downside for, to the assembly line is, is it doesn't get the, the assembly does not get the special attention that happens when you have a team focusing on building a, a car. So assembly lines are equated with automation and computers. But the downside of all of that, and this revolutionized, by the way, all of industry, uh, of manufacturing, whether it was shoes or shirts or products of any kind, uh, the, the entire industry of manufacturing and the, the use of machines and the use of people in assembly lines revolutionized production, sales, marketing, and manufacturing. And so what Henry Ford did was he, he revolutionized the assembly of automobiles by building his Model A, Model T Ford cars on assembly lines. And so I don't know how many uh, cars, uh, Model A, Model T Ford cars, were made per day or per week, but it was a massive number compared to the slow, the far slower process of kind of uh, individual uh, assembly of an automobile. And so the big thing with Henry Ford was he automated uh, the manufacturing of automobiles, and that took off, and people saw that success, and it was imitated uh, through the manufacturing of everything, from radios, eventually televisions. 
you name it, it was now made on an assembly line. And uh, it was a speeded up way of manufacturing or building or putting together a particular product. Now, this, from a psychological standpoint, was a depersonalized system because the emphasis was no longer on the craftsmanship, if you will, of an individual. The emphasis was on the individual subjugating his or her personality, subjugating their individuality into a system. Uh, a system of manufacturing where the individual played little or no importance, and the only thing that was important was was the assembly line, which was a depersonalized uh, method of production. Now you could see how this lent itself very easily to the dawning of the computer age, and how from uh, assembly line production and automation you then moved into the computer age. And so uh, you didn't have people filling out information like in an individual sense, automation, the, the computer printout cards that IBM made was was the first big uh, computerized breakthrough. And then cybernetics, and the basic theory of cybernetics is twofold. When you look at cybernetics and, and the Macy's Family, which is one of the wealthiest families in the world. Uh, I don't know if they still are, but but at the time in the 1900s, early 1900s, they had the Macy's conferences that were financed by the Macy's families and uh, this this globalist elite family. And what the Macy's conferences were, they were a meeting of high level scientists, financiers, uh, uh, you know. Ivy League educational institutions, and and there was a merger of computers, computer technology, computer programming, and then the the big uh, advance, and they considered it an advance, and that is uh, the scientists began to to observe uh, the relationship between the way people think, organize, and produce, or how individuals think organize and produce, uh, and how people and groups and societies can be organized, but they can also be programmed to achieve a particular desired result. And so the scientists, through the Macy's conferences and other scientific gatherings, uh, observed that there was a very clear pattern and similarity between the way a computer can be programmed be by by inputting it with certain kinds of information or instructions to 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 produce a desired outcome and and the science of this was cybernetics and then there was the recognition that that people think and behave and act and are conditioned or programmed uh people are programmed in a very similar way uh to the way that computers or computerized machines are programmed you input machines or people with certain kinds of information or data. You program individuals, people, or computers with certain directives or data. And then you have you have the input, and then you have, this was a big deal back then, you had the output. And, and one of the uh, phrases that emerged out of computerization and automation, etc., was a term called GIGO. G-I-G-O. And uh, I don't know if the expression is still used, but at one time it was a common expression. And GIGO means regarding computer programming and regarding the way you program people to achieve specific results. You applied what was called GIGO. And GIGO simply meant uh, garbage in, garbage out. So, So that if you don't like your end result, if your society is in chaos and falling apart, if the individual is in chaos and falling apart, it's because whatever the individual or whatever a society was programmed with, if, if the data and the instructions were inferior or degraded, that would be considered garbage in. And so the idea is then you have to be prepared for the inevitable result, which is garbage in, garbage out. So if you input into people or a society or a nation faulty instructions, faulty data, that would be called GIGO, garbage in, 
and, and the result will be garbage out. Your, your end result will be garbage. It will be chaos. It will be, it will be self-destructing. And so computer theory, up until the present moment, uh, has developed a, a close working relationship with the uh, psychological, uh, psych- psychiatric theories of human personality, human conditioning, human programming, and then whatever the output is. Then, in addition to that, as this whole computerized society begins to emerge, uh, scientists in both the computer field and scientists in the psychiatric fields, the psychological fields, recognize that men and women and societies can be programmed through, you know, almost criminal-like activities like MKUltra, MK Ultra, which is uh, uh, pain, drugs, and hypnosis, is a, is a brutal criminal form of programming. And uh, it psychologically manufacture monsters, killers, assassins. And then uh, you see that, again, there's the similarity. Now, when you, when you compare all of this technology, which began to take off in the 1800s and then progressed in the 1900s, it carries us right in. And by the way, I talk about all this stuff in my books. Uh, Power from on high deals with this a lot. So does Conquering the Matrix, A Prophecy of the Future of America, and The Day the Dollar Died. So what you have is that the elite and the scientists of the elite, and then the, the behind the great secrecy, uh, and this, this requires a level of intelligence a level of acquisition of knowledge, which is power. If you want to understand yourself, your children, our nation, our communities, our families, our world, if you want to understand America, if you want to understand Bible prophecy and the Word of God, one of the primary grids or one of the primary perception modalities that you're going to have to develop in order to execute much higher level critical thinking. Uh, And I don't mean critical theory, I mean critical thinking. And critical thinking is supposed to be uh, a a, a truly more scientific modality of thinking and perception, which is based on not emotions, but based on measurable scientific facts or data. And then that takes you into what is called a higher level of critical thinking, upper level critical thinking. And so you, it's only when you acquire knowledge, accurate knowledge, accurate data, accurate, accurate documentation, accurate historical facts, accurate scientific, psychological, biological, spiritual facts, when you acquire that kind of knowledge, and by that kind of knowledge, I'm simply saying the truth. And when I say the truth, I mean it in the literal sense of the word, because the word of God, God's word teaches us that us as people, as individuals in the world that we live in, in the reality that we live in, we are able to understand it and process the the, the physical reality that we're in. We're able to process all of that by the gaining of accurate, factual knowledge. And knowledge will bestow upon us power. Knowledge, the Bible says, is power. But the knowledge must be truth. It can't be lies. It can't be deception. It can't be uh, uh, misinformation or disinformation. In order to acquire the power that God wants to give you, you have to first acquire true knowledge or what could be called a knowledge of the truth. And again, Dr. Francis Schaeffer, the great Christian theologian and philosopher, uh, who heavily influenced my life, uh, he used terms regarding truth and the acquisition of knowledge. So, for example, Dr. Francis Schaeffer would use the term true truth. That means that truth which is, uh, which is real, that truth which is um, true truth, not, not a lie, not deception. Uh, and then when it comes to perceiving or interacting with reality, we want to interact or perceived, perceive reality accurately. So that would be what 
Dr. Francis Schaeffer called final reality. Final reality is that reality which is ultimately final. It's not a mythology. It's not a, an illusion. It's not a hallucination. It is final reality. It doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe about something. There's a greater truth, which is what is it that is truly true uh, apart from our individual subjective beliefs? So what we're interested in is true truth or final reality or true truth. And it is the acquisition of this kind of knowledge, final reality or true truth, that, again, gives us power. So when Jesus Christ talked about giving us power from on high, and that's one of the primary reasons why I wrote my book, Power from on High. Power from on high, when Jesus talks about it in the book of Acts, the, the primary focus is receiving power from on high from God the Father, that the disciples were supposed to tarry in Jerusalem until they were clothed with power from on high, which is the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. So when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, which is based on true truth of the Word of God, we receive power from on high. But when you study the entire Word of God from Genesis to the book of Revelation, you see power from on high, the need, the absolute need of the believer to be filled with power from on high is something that Jesus Christ taught. But the Word of God, Jesus Christ, who is the truth, who is final reality, and the entire Word of God, which is true truth, is based on the power of the Holy Spirit and also the acquisition of true truth, the acquisition of knowledge which is true, the knowledge of the Word of God, the truth of reality, that which is really true versus deception. And so there's two primary ways we acquire the power to defeat the adversary, the power to be more than overcomers in this physical world reality, spiritual world reality. And that is, we have to acquire or receive power from on high, and then we have to acquire or receive knowledge, true knowledge, which then grants us power. Now, it is only by looking at reality through, through that modality of perception, which is both the power of the Holy Spirit and then the, the power that comes from knowledge. We perceive reality, and we, we gather true truth from reality, objective truth. That gives us power. So, so the problem with modern man and modern, uh, modern man's uh, sciences, like transhumanism, is that modern man's rulership, modern man's system of rulership, which necessitates a global elite that run the entire world. Now, this is truly true. This is final reality. This is objective truth. So, you know, it's important what people believe and what they think about the reality that they're in. To the degree that, that people will be set free. Jesus Christ said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To the degree that the truth will set you free is to the degree that you acquire knowledge which gives you power or true truth. It is that which will set you free. So you'll see when you study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and especially in the book of Revelation, you have it very clearly outlined in the book of Revelation. You're introduced to it in uh, the book of Genesis. You see the emergence in the book of Genesis of a satanic temporary world system, a Luciferian world system known as Mystery Babylon. Nimrod is the father and builder of uh, ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. And ancient Babylon was the world's first one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, or the world's first new world order. And why God came down, as we've talked about before, and judged ancient Babylon, he judged it because he could see that although the people of ancient Babylon displayed a form of unity and oneness, the biblical God could observe and perceive that their new world order was, at its very essence and foundation, a Luciferian and temporary 
world satanic order represented by the Tower of Babel and the spiritual system, the occultic spiritual system known as Mystery Babylon. And so Mystery Babylon is the result of mankind rejecting true truth. Mystery Babylon is the result of mankind rejecting the truth, which is the Word of God. Mystery Babylon is the result of mankind rejecting the true God, the Word of God, and then accepting and believing and following Lucifer, the the highest-ranking fallen angel, or Satan, the father of lies, and, and being a part and choosing to be a part of the Babylonian or Mystery Babylon world system or, or New World Order. So it's on that basis that God comes down, checks out, perceives what is Mystery Babylon, and then he judges it and destroys it. And then you see that uh, Mystery Babylon keeps returning in, in different ways as this, throughout the ages, throughout mankind's history, uh, we see constantly a constant repetition of God's people backsliding from the true God, God's people backsliding from the Word of God, and God's people worshiping the false gods of the pagan nations. And these false gods are always gods that come or represent uh, Baal uh, or uh, Molech, and they require child sacrifice, and the worship of Molech or the worship of Baal always necessitates the worship of Lucifer or Satan, even when it's God's people who are worshiping Baal or Molech. And then you have the goddess goddess Ashtaroth, which is a female goddess, a female version of Satan or Lucifer. And uh, in the worship of Ashtaroth, who was later uh, named Isis or Semiramis, the, the wife of Nimrod, you have um, sexual, the worship of the goddess Ashtaroth to sexually perverse rituals. So you see that this is a reoccurring uh, attack by Lucifer or Satan and the fallen angels in attacking mankind and attacking God because Lucifer or Satan wants to be, he wants to replace God, he wants to be worshipped as God. And so when you see the culmination of all these things in the last days, as depicted in the book of Revelation, you see that Lucifer or Satan's primary instruments of control, controlling mankind and controlling this world, have to do with two primary forces. And these two primary forces are the, the perversion of sexuality, is one primary instrument of control, thus the worship of Ashtaroth or the worship of the harlot goddess known as Mystery Babylon. And then the Bible in in the book of Revelation talks about the wealthy, the powerful, the politically powerful, the kings of the earth who, who seek to gain their supernatural power, their supernatural wealth through fornicating with Mystery Babylon, the great harlot. And by fornicating with Mystery Babylon, the great harlot, that means becoming one with this satanic world system and this perverse sexuality. And then you have the other instrument of control, which is sorcery or occult power or occult powers or satanic powers or Luciferian powers versus the authentic, biblical, and genuine supernatural power of God. So when when the children of God, when you as a child of God, when I as a child of God, if we are asking God to give us supernatural power or power from on high, we want the authentic biblical supernatural power of God. We don't want a satanic imitation or a Luciferian imitation of the supernatural power of God. And so this is the conflict that you see in the book of Revelation, where finally this new world order returns again. And the name in our lifetime, they have changed the name of the New World Order. They are now simply calling it the Great Reset. But the Great Reset is uh, the biblical New World Order. It is the New World Order depicted in Mystery Babylon. And the Great Reset is, is going to be, according to its designers, 
you know, people like the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab, the, the, the Great Reset is um, a, a merger of a global economic system, a global government, and a global uh, uh, a global economic system, a global religious system, and a global government. And this will all culminate with, and this is very important, with some kind uh, of some kind of microchip, nanochip, DNA chip, neurolink chip. This will all culminate in some kind of microchip or nanochip or neurolink chip, which people will have to receive. And the Bible in the Book of Revelation. Uh, reveals this to be what is known as the mark of the beast, 666. And this is how a person will be allowed to participate and be part of the new global economic system, which is also tied into the one world government, the one world religion, and then, of course, the one world economic system. And we are moving with lightning speed to that destination point of a one-world economic system. So we have things like uh, Bitcoin. We have discussions about the printing of, of a new uh, U.S. dollar, which will not be backed on nothing but credit, which currently is backed by the Federal Reserve. But the Federal Reserve consists of you know, approximately the 12 most powerful and richest international banking families in the world. And so when the Federal Reserve prints money, it it is using deliberately an ancient occultic system developed in Babylon, known as Mystery Babylon. So the, the actual spiritual foundation of our monetary system is an occultic system developed in ancient Babylon and has been passed on uh, throughout thousands of years of mankind's history, and it is an extension of the occultic religion of Mystery Babylon. Because when you study the Mystery Babylon system with the pyramidical-shaped Tower of Babel and, and the Pharaoh God King system with the, the pyramids and the Pharaoh God King, that is a Mystery Babylon system. And so the the global elite the pharaoh god kings, or the kings and queens, or the emperors and empresses uh, of planet Earth for all of mankind's history, uh, the elite have always uh, participated in this mystery Babylon system. They have been fornicating with the great harlot, Mystery Babylon, since the fall of mankind. And so uh, that requires an involvement with the occult but not only an involvement with the cults, a participation uh, that involves magic or the practice of magic or the practice of Luciferianism or the practice of Satanism. And the practice of of Luciferian occultism is also known as alchemical magic. And and the foundation of alchemical magic is you, you take something which is essentially a worthless substance and then through through occultic rituals or through through rituals performed by a sorcerer um, you you take the worthless material like you could take a very cheap metal like tin and then through ritual magic and sorcery you could super allegedly supernaturally transform tin into gold and that would be a process known as alchemical magic or you take something that's worthless, take, take something that's worth nothing, and you turn it into something of great value. So the entire Federal Reserve System is the result of the alchemical, magical rituals of these international banking families. See, this now we're talking about the great secrets which run our world, which run America, which run the monetary system, which run the spiritual or religious system, which run... The, the world's economic systems, we're, we're bouncing against the great secret to power, to, to organizations, to, to uh, the, the acquisition of wealth and power. And these are the secrets that run uh, planet Earth. And it, it, when you 
when you have knowledge which will give you power, you get a greater and deeper understanding of these supernaturally powerful forces that are involved in a titanic spiritual warfare struggle for mankind and planet Earth. And it always involves the invoking of supernatural powers or the invoking of the legitimate biblical power of God, and these are in conflict with one another. So these elite families, from the beginning, these are what are called Illuminati bloodline families, and they use alchemical magic. So the Federal Reserve System is a system of alchemical magic, because they print money from nothing. There's nothing of tangible value or gold to back up the dollars. So the big discussion now is because the the dollar is uh, um, potentially will crash because nations and people are not comfortable with the dollar not backed by anything tangible. So they're considering printing a new dollar, which can be redeemed for something of actual value or worth like gold. So if these new dollars are printed, uh, then the new dollars, you'll be able to spend money. You'll have a paper dollar with a chip in it or whatever, or maybe some other electronic form of currency, wireless electronic currency, like a chip implant, a nano chip implant, a biochip implant. And But the key is it will be backed up of something of tangible value. So prior to that, it was based on alchemical magic. And the alchemical magical formula was to print money from nothing, lend it to nations and people for interest. These are the great economic secrets. They're always infused with supernatural and spiritual, occultic, and and forces of darkness. These are the great secrets that they don't want you to know about. These are the great secrets that by which Satan rules this world as a temporary god. Now. If the dollar then is printed and it's backed by something of tangible value, like gold, then it's no longer a process of alchemical magic, which is based on illusion, which is based on deception, which is based on lies. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. See, that's why I've written all of my books in the order that they're written. God's people, God's children, and and people in general in America, the very nation which God has a special plan for, God says, my people perish for lack of wisdom, for lack of vision, for lack of knowledge. God's people are perishing because they don't have the the wisdom, the inside knowledge that they need to have to be victorious and to overthrow the counterfeit rule of Lucifer in their lives and in their nation. And the way that you take back your freedom, you, you take back your money, you take back your prosperity, you take back freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. These are all interconnected forces. They're not separate um, categories. They're interconnected forces. Yet, the Luciferians, when the pilgrims, and I, I, you know, that's why I've written my books in the order that they're written in. A a Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, deals with all this. So does power from on high. So does the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. So does uh, the day the dollar died. So does conquering the matrix. And, and the other books available at PaulMcGuire.us. They're all designed to teach you the Bible, but they're also all designed to expose the hidden works of darkness. And unless you expose the hidden works of darkness, you can't really understand why God has a special plan for America, what the role of the pilgrims and Puritans, Bible-believing Christians, was in early America, and how the plan of God for America since the very beginning with the pilgrims and Puritans has been co-opted by secret occult forces, such as the Rosicrucians, such as the Illuminati, such as the Freemasons, etc. And the evidence for that is everywhere in, in plain sight. It's on the buildings and the architecture in Washington, D.C. It's on the occult symbols on our dollar bills. I mean, everywhere you look, you'll see evidence of the occult 
of Satanism, Luciferianism. And so Luciferianism and Satanism was infused into our nation under the cover of spiritual darkness from the very beginning. And it is part of this global network of Luciferians that use various uh, occult, very powerful occult secret societies like the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, the Freemasons, Skull and Bones. And then, of course, uh, these secret societies have now, they're now behind the Great Reset. But the Great Reset, like, like the other secret societies, is a, is a satanic counterfeit of the kingdom of heaven. It's not real. It's based once again on principles of satanic alchemical magic. And it will result in, like all of Satan's promises, this is the point that I'm trying to drive home, and I have driven home in all of my books and speaking. This is the purpose of the Paul McGuire Report. That's why I need your help in in moving forward aggressively and communicating this truth to set people free. The critical truths that people need to hear that will set them free is the reality and the truth that they have been hijacked, they have been brought into captivity or slavery by secret, global, occultic, uh, secret societies that control this planet for Lucifer. I mean, this is not fiction, this is not science fiction, this is the truth. And when you know the truth, when you own the truth, it will set you free. So the primary thing that is preventing America and the American people and you and people you know from taking back their freedom, the primary obstacle is the need of people to to gain back their knowledge of the truth. And that can only happen to the degree that the people are willing to reconnect with biblical truth and a biblical worldview. It is when we do that, by gaining a knowledge of the truth and applying it to every category or level of society, it is when we do that, that we acquire or possess a knowledge of the truth. And it is Jesus Christ who said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This is a liberating force. And the whole purpose of Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church International and everything we're doing with the Paul McGuire Report, the entire purpose of all of this is to spread true truth, or the truth of God's Word, as aggressively as possible and as quickly as possible, not only across America but across the world, while there is still a window of opportunity, because we are in the greatest last day's battle in the history of mankind. And so, by spreading a knowledge of the truth through the books, through the radio program, and through the other means of communication, we can win this battle. So I need you to ask the Lord what you can donate or contribute financially to help us achieve this mission that God has called us to. And to whatever God puts it on your heart to give, then I just exhort you to radically obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever he puts on your heart to give, give. What God puts on your heart to pray as an intercessory prayer warrior, we need your prayers. This is a spiritual battle. And then I need your help in terms of breaking. This is a lying system, a system that deliberately takes numbers in terms of the amount of people watching, hearing, visiting your websites, your social media, etc. A system which takes those numbers and deliberately falsifies the numerical counts or deliberately rigs the numbers with the intention of demonizing or reducing the power of people like me and others who are communicators of the truth, that, to the degree that that system of rigging the numerical numbers is based on falsehoods, that means it's based on lies. That means it's based on non-truth. And see, that's how the enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ fight. They falsify the accurate number of the people who watch or listen or like, who follow our different social media outreaches. So I need your help to make sure that you sign on as a follower to, you know, our Rumble page, our Facebook page, you know, all of our social media that you follow it. You're, you know, if you're concerned about being profiled, you're already profiled. So, so it's time to get over that. You need to stand for the truth. 
And we're not asking that you publicly announce who you are, but we need you to like and follow our social media to join our e-blast because they have been ringing our numbers for a long time. And the only way we can take back the numbers and accurately have truthful numbers of the amount of people following or liking or joining or whatever, we have to have truth out there. And the only way that's going to happen is if people like you, who are lovers of the truth, who are followers of the truth, stand up for the truth. And for that, I thank you in advance. And thank you for going to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And I thank you for standing with us, because this is a spiritual battle whose outcome affects, will affect every one of us, our families, our children, our grandchildren. None of us uh, are not impacted by, by the lies, and we know that the father of lies is Satan. So thank you for following us. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And remember, we need your prayers, your support, and your willingness to like and follow our different social media outreaches. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Bye.